Hello and welcome back to Three Things with JR. Had a couple weeks off from making this show uh, because we've been busy and because we're making a new show. Uh, Got a whole nother podcast. If you follow this show on Facebook, then you already know this. The other show is called Small Things Considered. Kind of a play on words from the NPR show, All Things Considered, but it's not NPR. Uh, This one will be Gary Hawthorne and myself co-hosting a podcast where we talk about small things, smaller things, bigger than smaller things, uh, whatever whatever things we want to consider. So how do we start the... How do we determine what we want to consider on any given episode? A big part of that show is going to be our interaction with the audience. So we have a Facebook group where people can post up what they would like us to talk about. You can do it publicly. You can also email us if you're interested in hearing what we have to say about any topic that's on your mind. Uh, and the email address for that show is small things considered podcast at gmail.com. And if there's something you want me to talk about on this show, you can also email me at three things with Jr at gmail.com. That's right. Got a whole bunch of Gmail email addresses. Uh, so check out the other show. Uh, episode one dropped last week. And uh, I think, I think the plan is going to be to have uh, that show and this show alternate weeks. So each week I'll be putting out a podcast, whether it's Three Things with JR, like this week, or next week it will be Small Things Considered. So it's not going to be a tremendous amount of extra work to do a second podcast because I'm going to do each podcast Uh, one at a time every other week. So uh, alternating week. You can hear my voice on a podcast every week. It's just two different shows, uh, two different ideas. And uh, on that show, I will have Gary there uh, as a co-host every single time. That's the whole idea of that show. Uh, We would like to have guests on the show. We would like to consider all the small things. And uh, and so there you go. So that's what's going on there. On this show, no co-host. It's going to be just me spouting off whatever's on my mind most of the time. So so that's how you know what's going on. Three things with JR, just JR, mostly. Small things considered, JR and Gary. Uh, and uh, we think we think that show's got some legs. We're going to we're going to try to get into some stuff that people really want to hear uh, hear us talk about and uh, and have as much fun with that as possible. At this exact moment, I am cooking a turkey right now. Got a 14 and 0.8 pound turkey in the oven for about uh, four and a half to five hours. So I figured, why not make a podcast while that is happening? And uh, uh, it's I know uh, I'm recording this on Sunday after Thanksgiving. So it seems like maybe a weird time to be cooking a turkey, but... We celebrated Thanksgiving uh, in a different way than most. Uh, Thanksgiving morning, I slept in. Then I went and played an awesome round of disc golf at a brand new disc golf course. It's not even fully finished yet here in the Charlottesville area at Chris Green Lake. Super excited about that. And uh, and then came home and relaxed for a couple of hours. And then Kiki and I went to see a movie, a movie called The Menu. And by the way, that movie's great. I'll talk more about that in thing number two. Uh, so that was our Thanksgiving day. Uh, our, our Thanksgiving meal was furnished by the fine folks at the Alamo Cinema Draft House, uh, and we didn't have to cook a thing. So uh, 
Today, we are getting together with some friends, having a Friendsgiving sort of a deal. Probably play some Cards Against Humanity this evening and eat some turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, all the good stuff. Uh, yes, in fact, as soon as I'm done recording this, I got to go uh, mash some potatoes. So, And I don't know about you, but uh, when I make mashed potatoes, I prefer skin on. I love the taste of mashed potatoes with the skin on. I think the taste really comes from that, and it adds a little bit of... Not, not exactly chunkiness, but uh, I love the texture and the taste of the skin in the mashed potatoes. So uh, I know that that's controversial. Um, I don't know if it's as controversial as pineapple on pizza, but there you go. I like the skin on in my mashed potatoes. I like them super creamy with those bits of skin in there. And I like some garlic in my mashed potatoes. So that's what, uh, and lots of butter, of course. So that's what will be happening here in a matter of minutes. As soon as I'm done talking to you, going to go mash some potatoes. All right, let's get into the things. Uh, thing number one, it's a big one. I got a lot to say about this one, so buckle up. Um, my sister and I got a text from my dad a couple weeks ago. And in that text, he said, hey, you're going to be getting a call from some lady uh, from the Veterans Administration about some free burial benefits uh, that I'm qualifying for, and she needs to talk to you guys about it. Don't worry, I'm not planning on using them anytime soon. Dad reassuring us that he's not about to die. So we saw that, and we're like, okay, and then nothing happened for like a week. Talking to Dad on the phone, he's like, hey, did that lady call you yet? Nope, not yet. Finally, the lady gives me a call. So it's a couple weeks. And uh, I'm one of those that answers my phone, even when the phone number says potential spam or some number I don't recognize. I know a lot of people just ignore those calls. I don't. I answer them. I'm always interested to see what happens. No harm in that other than it interrupts your day. So I answer the phone and this lady calls and I did not remember who she was, why she was calling till she finally mentioned, I got your number from your dad and it's about the burial benefits. That's when I remembered, oh yeah, this is that. Um, but my spidey sense was already going off. Like I was, I was a little bit worried that this was maybe a scam. Like how did, how did my dad come in contact with these people? Did they call him? Did they reach out to him? Did he click on a link in an email or what? You know, is this some sort of sort of uh, preying on older people type of scam or not? So uh, I, I, of course, was uh, on guard while talking to her. But I, I felt since my dad reached out to us first and she wasn't asking for any sensitive information, just wanted to set up a Zoom call with my sister and me that uh, I figured we'd go ahead and do it since it's what dad wants, clearly. So I set it up. In that time, she asked about uh, who, who, would, who would deal with it when I die, who would deal with all of the, you know, the, the stuff that has to happen uh, when a person dies, who would deal with that if I died? Because apparently these free burial benefits from the VA are not just for me uh, to deal with dad's death, but it's for whoever has to deal with my death too. So I told her my daughter, and she's like, well, let's get her on the call too. So here's what we ended up doing. We had a nice Zoom conversation with this lady. Uh, along with Aubrey and Allison and myself, my sister, my daughter, and me. And uh, we were on this Zoom call for about an hour. And the lady, Mary, super nice. Uh, she's just like, she's like, she's like my, my aunt from Iowa. Uh, she just, she's, she was, she is from Iowa. And she just has that Midwestern, uh, you know, fun sort of jovial 
laugh and cackle and personality. And she reminded me of, I've got three aunts from Iowa and uh, she reminded me kind of all of them. And she was just a pleasure to talk to. Uh, She was great, but my, none of that. I think, I think she's just naturally a nice person, but I think it's also serves her well because it probably disarms a lot of her, uh, you know, people that she gets to contact. Um, So she, um, in other words, my spidey sense was still going off that this was not simply the Veterans Administration offering my dad and his uh, family free burial benefits. I felt like there was more to it than that. So we, uh, we just proceeded with caution. She starts explaining that, uh, as a veteran dad, oh, and I asked her, I said, how did my dad get in contact with you? And she's like, oh, the, he reached out to the VA and the VA reached out to us. We're a third party company. They contract us out because the VA doesn't have the time and the resources to call everybody who qualifies for free death benefits, uh, burial benefits, $2,000 worth of, uh, you know, benefits for, veterans and their families. So I was like, all right, well, that sounded legit. Uh, and so she's taking us through the, uh, the stuff that we get, like talking to us about what's going to happen when dad dies. Does he want to be buried in a, uh, a, a national cemetery type of a place? Uh, what's going to, uh, is he going to be cremated? Is there going to be a funeral? Uh, and we, she's like, all right, you need to talk to your dad, get all those details. Uh, so the, and here's some information I'm going to send you in an email with all of that. Uh, then she's like, now let's go over the last will and testament. This is a free benefit as well. Your dad did this with me a couple weeks ago. Now let's do it with you guys. We're going to go through this and fill out uh, this form. It's a free will, right? Like you get a will as a part of this free benefit. Uh, and so she asked me some basic questions. We were filling out a form. She's like, I'm not going to fill it all out. You're going to do it. I'm going to email this to you. This is just to get you started. Uh, and so she never asked me for like social security number or anything in super you know sensitive like that. So good. And basically chalk that up to it's a free piece of paper that they're emailing you uh, that you're supposed to print and fill it out and keep it in a safe place so that when you die, somebody can find your will. Uh, and if you fill out the other thing, then you get free burial benefits depending which is weird because we all just want to be cremated and have our ashes spread somewhere um so not a lot of going on there um so we get through all of that and we are just having a great time aubrey allison and me we're all sort of cracking you know dark death jokes about uh being cremated and such uh and the ladies may be even a little bit surprised at how the light-hearted nature and how much fun we're having talking about this and we're just having a good old time and uh and then sort of that part of the call ends and she starts talking about some other stuff like uh something that sounds like insurance, you know, something where like it's a benefit if you, and if you go into the hospital, like the emergency room, you get a daily benefit. If you are uh, in the ICU, you get such and such amount of money. Uh, if you, and once you die, you get some, uh, some, your you know, health, uh, life insurance doesn't necessarily uh, kick in right away. Uh, so you might need some money right away to deal with, you know, funeral homes and stuff. So here's an additional benefit for that. And, 
I think Aubrey, Allison, and I all detected that the mood of the call had changed and that we were no longer talking about free benefits provided by the Veterans Administration. And we got quiet and we stopped making jokes. And Mary noticed. Mary said, oh gosh, you guys have gotten so quiet. We're like, yep. And she just continues on talking about this stuff. And she's like, wow, you guys were so fun uh, just a few minutes ago. And now you got all quiet. What happened? So that's when I finally said, hey, Mary, it just let me just address the elephant in the room here. It seems like for most of this call, we've been talking about some free benefits that we get because my dad's a veteran. And it, now it seems like you uh, are talking about something that we might have to pay for. She's like, oh, no, no, no. This is all part of it. It's all part of it. I'm like, oh, OK. So it's OK. So she assures me in very vague terms that we're still talking about the free benefits. So she proceeds and we stay kind of quiet. And then she gets to the part where the thing she's telling us about costs us $62 a month. And are we interested? So I said, Mary, I thought we were talking about a free benefit. That's what I asked you a few minutes ago. She's like, oh, yeah. And I said, this, uh, this is not a free thing. This is additional. I'm like, that's not what you said. Uh, so I just nipped it in the bud there. I said, Mary, I'm just so you know, I am not interested in this at all. Sorry. And then Aubrey and Allison both said they weren't interested. And then she started talking about who else we know that might be interested. Uh, I had already given her my, the, my girlfriend's name and phone number earlier when we were filling out the will. And she's like, well, we can extend these benefits to anybody like Aubrey, your mom, and uh, and uh, and Kiki, uh, your girlfriend, Adam. You, she, we can, uh, so I'll reach out to her to let her know that she qualifies for this too. And that's when I said, no. Do not call Kiki. She does not have time or interest in this. She will not get on a Zoom call. She uh, is way too busy to waste any time on this whatsoever. Thank you for that. And uh, so we finished it up. It was still all cordial. But in the end, we realized this was just an insurance sales pitch. The entire thing. Uh, so I just called dad. Literally, right before I picked up the microphone here, I called dad and said, hey, uh, what's going on with this? And he, he basically explained the similar situation. You know, he liked talking with Mary. She was so nice and fun. And then in the end, she started talking about some kind of insurance. And instead of nipping it in the bud, he didn't quite do that. He didn't fall for it. He didn't buy the insurance, but he didn't just say, Mary, stop. I'm not interested. She kept trying to sell him and talk. Uh, she kept lowering the price uh, instead of would $50 a month. Can you afford that? And he's like, yeah, I can afford that, but I don't want it. Finally, he shut her down. Uh, what dad didn't do was tell us about any of that part of it. If we had known that, we would have known that this entire thing was going to be a waste of time. Uh, and I really do mean waste of time, uh, because what she sent me was uh, some, you know, some some PDFs of some things, including a PDF of a last will and testament that I can fill out if I want to and print it if I want to and, you know, use it as an official will if I want to. But it's really just filling out the blanks. I mean, I can I can figure this stuff out pretty straightforward. Uh, so then I'm looking through the. Um, the $2,000 of accidental death and dismemberment coverage. Uh, and this piece of this PDF that she sent me has my name on it, said it was uh, been made available at the request of my dad and uh, all of this stuff. And then down at the bottom, it says coverage is provided for one year following the date. This is delivered to you by the agent. 
so it's it's really just uh, so that they can say you're getting a free benefit that they know nobody's going to need to use, right? Uh, of all the people they refer, they're, they're talking to, how many of them are going to die within one year and claim their $2,000 worth of free AD and D benefits? Uh, and uh, those that do, that actually die within that time period and qualify for this, they'll be covered because they will have sold insurance to all the other people people that were not quite savvy enough to figure it out in time so anyway uh it's not quite a scam really just a sales pitch for insurance uh and i gotta say it was done really really well as good as it could be done but they did not fool me into buying something that i do not need so so there you go please be careful if you are uh if you have uh, you know Old parents, uh, people that are veterans, uh, there are companies out there not scamming, but definitely trying to uh, get people to buy insurance they may or may not need or want. Uh, and it's a huge time waste, even though it was actually a rather pleasant waste of time. But it was indeed a waste of time. There you go. That's thing one. We'll take a short break. Come right back with things two and three. You be, you be, you be. back and here's thing two uh thing two is i've actually got a couple things for you on this one but first and foremost here's a youtube channel that has been all consuming for me over the last few weeks uh it's called matt's off-road recovery google it youtube it check it out uh matt's off-road recovery is a uh, it's it's aptly named it's a guy named matt who has a uh, a business, a towing business called Matt's Off-Road Recovery. And uh, they are based in southern Utah, beautiful southern Utah, uh, mountains and desert and sand and rocks and snow. And uh, it just it's, it seems like a pretty incredible place. And this guy has this business because there's so many people taking their four-wheelers, their ATVs, their side-by-sides, their Polaris Rangers and Can-Ams and their trucks. And sometimes they're not so four-wheel drive capable vehicles like like sports cars and Mini Coopers and RVs and stuff like that. And they're taking them out to, you know, lakes that have sand and beach and stuff, uh, but you can drive on it and up these rock trails and mountains and stuff. And, uh, and getting stuck or breaking their vehicle or flipping over and things like that. And Matt's Off-Road Recovery goes out and rescues people and their vehicles. Uh, and they do so with some really amazing four-wheel drive trucks. They've got a Jeep Cherokee that's all souped up. They've got a 1967 Corvair Lakewood station wagon that they have completely rebuilt as a, a an off-road juggernaut of a vehicle. They call it the Morver, M-O-R-R, and Matt's Off-Road Recovery. 
Corvair, Morvair, uh, and uh, they've got a snowcat for in the snow. They're they're building a humongous wrecker with uh, like a tow truck for going off road. And uh, every single they put out tons and tons of videos on YouTube. And in the, each video, it shows them going out on a call to get a vehicle unstuck from somewhere. And some of them are tremendously stuck and require tons and tons of work by multiple vehicles and ropes and winches and uh, slack lines. And I mean, just tons of, it's just, it's amazing to watch them work. It's amazing to watch them drive these vehicles in these really beautiful, picturesque, scenic, hard to reach off-road places. Uh, It's fun to see Matt and his crew because I think these are like the nicest people on YouTube. Uh, this channel, uh, they don't, they don't ever do or say anything that you couldn't let your four-year-old watch. Uh, they, uh, and at the same time, it it is absolutely, uh, engaging to watch. It is so cool. Um, they, uh, Matt himself, uh, runs this business. They're obviously doing really well. They've got over a million YouTube followers. Uh, they put out a couple videos. It seems like every week and, uh, he he is uh, he he works with charities. He uh, he he has prizes. He's got. I mean, I, I, it's it's almost too much for me to tell you all about right now. But Matt is the leader of all of this, and his crew. You get to know them after you've watched a bunch of videos. They work with this old guy who just kind of lives nearby, and they've become friends with. And they rescue an old vehicle of his, and they restore it for him and surprise him with it. Um, half the time, when they do these rescues, they don't uh, charge for it. Uh, whenever they go out to a place called Sand Hollow, they rescue whoever called them to come out and rescue them, and then they just go looking for anybody else who might have gotten their vehicle stuck in the sand uh, and see if they can pull them out. And they give everybody a T-shirt. And each video is usually about 15 to 20 minutes long, and I could literally just watch them for hours. Uh, Matt's off-road recovery, I, I can't say... And I. I not I not only am in, am I enjoying watching them it just makes me want to move to Utah and go to work for Matt's off-road recovery. Uh I I could be a cameraman, I could edit their YouTube videos, uh I could fly the drone for the cool drone shots. If I get to drive a vehicle and help rescue somebody even better, I just it just they're they just so make me want to be a part of their world because it looks amazing. Anyway, check it out. Matt's Off-Road Recovery. It's on YouTube, and it's uh, it's my favorite find. I don't even know how I found it. Uh, I can't figure out the chain of events that led YouTube to recommend it to me, but I'm so glad it did. A couple other things I want to tell you about for thing number two. Seen a bunch of movies recently. Uh, some I can recommend. Uh, Pig movie came out like a year or so ago with Nicolas Cage uh, living as a hermit in the woods near Portland, Oregon with his truffle foraging pig uh, who goes missing and now he's got to go find the pig, which means he's got to go back into the city of Portland and revisit things from his old life as a professional chef. And uh, boy, not your typical, not your typical Nicolas Cage movie, very understated, very mellow, very mild uh, and, uh, it's really, it's called pig, but it's not about the pig. It's really not. 
which actually was disappointing to Kiki. She was anticipating more pig in the movie, but there's actually very little pig. Uh, lots of Nick Cage uh, looking kind of haggard and old and beat up uh, as is, that's what's that's, that's his character. So um, really enjoyed it though. I highly recommend that. Uh, that was streaming on one of the, I forget which one it was prime or Hulu. I don't know. Uh, we went to the theater though. We saw, I've seen three movies in the movie theater in the last few days. Uh, the first one was the menu starring Rafe Fines and the woman who was in Queens gambit. Uh, Ana Taylor joy, I think is her name. Excellent. Best of the three movies we've saw in the theater. Uh, don't want to tell you any more than that. It's best to go into that movie, not knowing any more than you should see it. And it's really good. We also saw Glass Onion, the Knives Out movie with uh, Daniel Craig and a whole bunch of other stars. Uh, and that's two movies that we saw in a movie theater that take place primarily on a secluded island. Uh, the menu was excellent. Glass Onion, Knives Out, really, really good. Certainly a well-deserved sequel to the first Knives Out movie. And then the next night I went and saw Wakanda Forever. Uh, and that movie, it was only a full entire three hours long, uh, and you felt every bit of it. It was not three hours long and you think about, wow, three hours. I did that went by so quick. No, you feel it. You feel all of those three hours for sure. Uh, and that doesn't mean it wasn't good, but there's definitely, uh, they could have done it faster. Um, but I can see why they didn't, uh, because in so many ways, it was a tribute to Chadwick Boseman, the guy who was the original Black Panther back in 2018 and uh, who died of cancer a few years later. Uh, and it sucks that he's gone. Uh, but this movie does pretty good at, uh, at, you know, at doing him justice. Uh, so, yeah, you don't, you don't want to skimp on that. Uh, I, I uh, enjoyed the movie. Probably could have done it in two and a half hours, maybe closer to two. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it it's got it makes a lot of points, it makes a lot of really important points about our world today. Uh, so it's not a, simply a superhero movie. It's not simply a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. It's not simply the next Avengers movie. Uh, it's it's all of those things and more. Uh, a lot more, three hours more. But I do recommend it. It was good. Thing number three, I was a guest on another podcast. Uh, we do a podcast at work called Crutchfield the Podcast. So if you want more of me on a podcast, go check that one out, by the way. Crutchfield the Podcast, available wherever you get podcasts. You can go to crutchfield.com slash podcast. Uh, that's where we host the show. Anyway, uh, somebody reached out to us because they host a podcast uh, all about a certain set of years of the Ford Mustang. Uh, the Ford Mustangs built from 1979 to 1993 uh, all were based on the same body, uh, the Fox body, is as it's called. Uh, and there is a growing following for retro-modding these Ford Mustangs and making them cool again, uh, or... Maybe cool again or making them cool, period. Uh, anyway, uh, I, before I agreed to be a guest on their show, I went and checked out the show, checked out their YouTube channel. Fox Body FX is what it's called, if you're interested. And uh, 
And then I went on the show. And on the show, my job was to talk about what could be done in the world of like putting a car audio system into one of those Fox body Mustangs. And so that's, that's sort of what we do at Crutchfield. So I talked a bunch about all of the different ways you can install a stereo speakers, amplifiers, subwoofers, dash cams, radar, all that stuff. Uh, and, uh, and talked a lot about it. And we of course talked about those Fox body Mustangs because when I think of those Fox body Mustangs, I think of two things. And on this show, I only focused on one of the two things that I think about when I think about these Fox Body Mustangs. One is that when I worked at Knockman's Bike Shop in Falls Church, it was managed. Our manager was a guy named Jeff Carlson who drove one of these Fox Body Mustangs. I can vividly picture it. It was a gorgeous car, sort of a dark maroon type red. Uh, he was, it was always spotless. Uh, and that thing sounded great, great exhaust system. It had sort of the ground effects around it. It was it was the coolest looking Fox Body Mustang. I didn't know it was called a Fox Body back then, but it was the cool Mustang. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just loved it. So those were the that's what Mustangs looked like when I was growing up and becoming a person who drives. You know, the years where you really start paying attention to those sorts of things. Um, but the other thought I had about Fox Body Mustangs, which I didn't share on the Fox Body FX podcast, was that most of those Mustangs, especially the ones from like '79 to like uh 85 86 87 somewhere in there those were by far and away the ugliest and worst looking mustangs of all the mustangs like all the mustangs before 79 iconic looked great i mean they were just kind of awesome right uh classic classic cars uh, and then it's, it was like Ford gave up and almost stopped, but they're like, all right, I guess we'll keep putting these Ford Mustangs out. Uh, at, at the time, you know, Ford, Lincoln, Mercury, all those the car companies, they're all related, right? The Ford Mustang had a sister car made by Mercury called the Mercury Capri. They were the same car. The Ford Mustang Fox Body and the Mercury Capri were the same basic car, uh, which I don't know. That's that's not a feather in its cap. That seems to be a detraction. That seems to be a, uh, I guess we got to keep making Mustangs, so let's make the most of it sort of a decision. And these Mustangs just, I don't think they looked great. Back then, they certainly didn't. Now, that being said, what people are doing with them today, the Fox body enthusiasts today are getting these cars. There was over, apparently over 2 million of them made. They are now retro modding them and souping them up and, you know, making them cool, uh, you know, giving them better performance and engines and wheels and paint jobs and hopefully stereo systems. And the, uh, they're making them kind of cool. The, uh, but they were not cool back then. Uh, they just weren't. Um, they uh, they were a step in the wrong direction in the Ford Mustang world. The Mustangs they've been making since then, I think, look great, right? Since the early 90s and on, all of the Mustangs since then, I think, have mostly looked pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know about that electric one. I'm not even sure it's a, really a Mustang, but they're kind of calling it a Mustang. That's a weird one. But the Fox Body Mustangs, were the worst ones. And that doesn't mean 
well, I mean, I guess there's still people that love them, and I think that's great. Uh, but I did, I did hold off on sharing that on the FX or Fox Body FX podcast. Uh, so uh, I let them, uh, I let them just have my positive story, the one I where I remember a Fox Body Mustang that was awesome. Um, anyway, I do recommend the show if you're at all interested in those Ford Mustangs. Uh, it's a great podcast. Uh, I listen to a bunch of episodes uh, and check out their YouTube channel, Fox Body FX. And, uh, and you'll meet Lance, the guy I talked to on his podcast. And uh, we had a fun time. Uh, great show. And, uh, and Fox Body Mustangs are both the ugliest and the epitome of Mustangs from my childhood. So... So there you go. That's it. That's all I got for you. Three things with JR brought to you by me, JR. Uh, I do all of it here. So there's no end credits other than uh, I wrote it. I said it. I recorded it. I edited it. I uploaded it. Thank you, Anchor, for making that possible to do for free. And uh, thank you all for listening. Next week, check out Small Things Considered with Gary Hawthorne and myself. That's, uh, that's our other podcast. That's the that's our sister podcast. That's the Mercury Capri to this Ford Mustang. Ooh, I just made my podcast sound like the least cool thing possible. Anyway, that's it. Over and out. Thanks for listening. See you next. Uh, see you next time. You be you be you be you. Take all your chances to tell your truth. You be you be you be you. Don't be afraid. Just do what you do. a nice conversation with my dad about where we're going to spread his ashes. This was one nice thing that was a uh, sort of a side benefit of having this experience with the uh, with the insurance sales pitch was that I yeah, I went and talked to dad about uh, where he, what we should do with his ashes. And uh, he, he he basically said, I don't care. Do whatever you want with him. I'll be dead. And uh, I was like, all right. I mean, I got some ideas, right? Uh and uh, so I asked him, I said, you know, it might be a nice thought for you to know where your, your, your body, your ashes are going to be for the rest of eternity, right? Your, your, where, where, what, what, what location on this earth gives you some joy thinking that's where I'll be. And uh, we came up with a couple things. We sort of, we brainstormed it together. Uh, and I think we both agree that the most likely place for us to spread some of dad's ashes are at the piece of land in green acres that him and my mom bought many years ago, uh, where dad built a house. We had a shed, we lived on it and, uh, we lived in the shed. We lived in the house, we lived there. It was our weekend place, right? This was our weekend getaway, but it was a major part of our lives. Uh, when I was growing up from the age, I was around eight when they bought this piece of land 
all the way up until still today. It's in the family. Dad doesn't own it anymore. Uh, he sold it to Angela, my ex-wife's parents, uh, and her mom still lives there. So it's still kind of in the family. I can go visit there whenever I want. Uh, and and I think I think spreading the ashes where the shed used to be. The shed was the place we would go to and stay in as we were building the house. The house wasn't ready to be lived in yet. Uh, we would go there. We would work on the land. We would clear trees and brush. We would uh, build the house. And while we were there each weekend, we would need a place to stay. And instead of setting up a tent every single weekend, dad built a shed. One of those sort of tin sheds that you buy a kit right and we he built a foundation we built the shed and when we weren't there it was where he stored the lawnmower and the tools and all that stuff um and the motorcycles we had motorcycles when we were there dirt bikes and stuff so when we would show up for the weekend we would remove all that stuff from the shed and we had a pull-out couch and some cots and a tv and a kerosene heater and a propane stove and this is basically home away from home for each weekend. Uh, and that shed is gone and the foundation is gone. And it's kind of like a little flower garden area where my ex-mother-in-law lives. And we're thinking that would be a nice place to spread some ashes. And then dad got what might be the best uh, idea yet. Uh, he said another place it could go is at the 7-Eleven in Arlington where I met your mother. Hmm. Because that's where it all started, right? That's where dad's life changed forever. He went from being a guy in the Navy to, uh, to marrying my mom, having us kids, and having the life he created with her. And it all started at 7-Eleven in Arlington, Virginia. And uh, I thought it would be nice uh, if uh, I, I spread some of his ashes behind the counter at that 7-Eleven. Uh, because that's where he would have been standing, right? Uh, and uh, and then, then we extrapolated from that. Wouldn't it also make sense that when my mom dies, maybe we spread some of her ashes on the customer side of the counter? You know, the place where you stand and you order your big bite and pay for your big gulp or get your cigarettes or whatever, right? That's where mom's ashes should go because that's where they would have both been when they met. So anyway... We're thinking, uh, we're thinking all that makes sense for where we might put dad's ashes. So if you have any thoughts on that, hit us back. Hit me back. I don't know. Thanks for listening.